Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Amy Poehler's new comedy, Wine Country. The film tells the story of six longtime friends who take a scenic Napa getaway to relax and reconnect during a 50th birthday celebration. But when the alcohol flows, tensions from the past boil over, and the women begin questioning their friendships and futures. Wine Country is Ms. Poehler's feature film directorial debut. Her other directing credits include episodes of the series Parks and Recreation and Broad City. Following a recent screening of the film at the Harmony Gold Theatre in Los Angeles, Ms. Poehler spoke with director Nisha Ganatra about filming Wine Country. During their conversation, Ms. Poehler discusses the challenge of pacing the character arcs of an ensemble comedy, her system of keeping track of how drunk each character needed to be in a given scene, and her love of taking away things to make them funnier in the edit. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for coming on this Memorial Day Sunday. <laughs> you know, it was great. I sat in the back and everybody was laughing at every <laughs> moment, which is always good for a comedy. Well, thank you very much. Um, Amy Poehler, everyone who has, you've directed before, right? You've directed this Parks and Rec? This is my first feature, yeah. First I've feature. directed um, a, good am- a good amount of episodic, but so, um, yeah. Um, I've Nisha always, Ganatra, I'm such a everyone, <laughs> whose film is coming out, Late Night is coming out in two weeks. Aw, thanks, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been such a big fan of Amy's for so long and always asked, what can she not do? And then I saw this and was like, okay, she can do everything. It's official now. Um, but I'm sure everybody has so many questions, but I wanted to ask you about just directing. I know yeah. we've, I've read so much about the movie and your friends and all of this, but how, what was your biggest challenge directing this movie? Uh, you know, honestly, the biggest challenge was uh, logistically getting everybody to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, truly getting everybody available for it. Um, and then once we were on set, it was reminding all of the women in the film that they're in it for the whole time, yeah. if that makes any sense. Because a lot of the women are, are such assassins in this movie, and they kind of come in and score in other people's movies. They work a couple of days. They just go really hard. They give a bunch of alts, and they're really, really funny. Yeah. And all of the characters in this film have an arc that lasts through the whole film. So it was almost like pace, pacing everybody, pacing the day and the performances and making everybody comfortable with not being funny all the time. Because all of the women that you see in this film are really funny all of the time yeah. in, in life. And so it was the, sometimes the painful decision of having to... Um, tell them to <laughs> stop being stop. funny. <laughs> That's good for a comedy, right? <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> when, when you had them all, I mean, you didn't make it easy on yourself. You had, every scene had at least five people in it, so the blocking. Yeah, the is, blocking was a bitch. And yes. It wasn't, it was, I, I'm not, I'm looking forward to not doing that again. Just two people from now on. Yep. Uh, uh, there were so many, it was like, well, I guess... I could walk, you know, it was, we, we did a lot of, we did a lot of camera blocking, a lot of, we didn't do any rehearsal, um, but we, uh, 
I'm not a big fan of rehearsal. I don't know no. about you. No. You like rehearsal a lot. I, d- I, I think do. it comes from my acting days where I'm just like, oh, like re- <laughs> rehearsal for films was like, oh, no, I hated it. But um, but it can be really helpful for sure. But but these women, <laughs> just because I don't like do like doing it or not do it doesn't mean it's not helpful. Um, but these women knew, knew each, know each other so well right. that we didn't have any chemistry problems. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, but we did block with uh, with stand-ins uh, and tried to figure out how to get everybody, you know, covered. It's very it's hard <laughs> with that many people, and you don't yeah. want to cover every single person, and you don't want to do yeah. a million close-ups. But you also need everyone to move. But as soon as they move, you're like, oh god, that's another shot. Yeah, I just read this. <laughs> did you guys uh, read the Joanna Hogg article in the New Yorker? No big deal. I read the New Yorker. <laughs> No, but uh, anyway, she's this filmmaker. She has this uh, uh, film out right now called... Souvenir. Thank you, Souvenir. (laughs) And anyway, it was talking about how she shoots everything really wide, almost like a painting. I haven't seen the film yet. I hear it's terrific. And then I was like, I should have... Should have just done that. <laughs> just one wide <laughs> shot across the whole room. I should have said I shot it like a painting, and I should have just backed the camera way up. <laughs> Would have saved a lot of time. But how do you? Okay, so when you have this cast, who is everyone so funny all the time, and then you want to be in the editing room and have choices. Yeah. What do you do when you know? When do you decide? How do you say cut when everybody's being so funny all oh, the time? Oh, it's funny. I I I don't love saying action and cut. Yeah. Uh, in general, because I think it freezes people up. So I roll a lot without people knowing that we're rolling. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and I have a, a DP who we kind of get a, a secret code together early on to do that, because the beginnings and endings of scenes are always really, can be very special. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I tended to um, let people go for a while, but there's a, there's been a trend. I know you guys are well aware of this in comedy in maybe the past 10 or 15 years, which I've been a part of as an actor, where there's been a, a kind of, uh, you kind of stand there and then alts are just kind of yelled right. at you. Yeah. And then you say them over and over again so you get the best joke. And we did that, f- and I've done that for a very long time, and I got a little tired of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a performer, and then I didn't want to quite make that choice as a director. So I think sometimes in films you can tell, and it doesn't mean that the jokes aren't funny, but you can tell they're probably the 15th or 20th try. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an experience on a film where that was happening, where I was with another actor, and these alternate jokes, pitches were being yelled at <laughs> And I remember going, who, who, who should say this? <laughs> and they were like, either one of you. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, mm, I've not done my job here yeah. to differentiate my character from somebody else's if we can, both of us can say this joke. Yeah. So we didn't oh, do a lot of that. You on did film. that beautifully on this one with that many people, and really every single person was so differentiated, had such a clear arc, came from somewhere, ended somewhere. Thank you. Yeah. That was uh, all Paula Pell's character, Val, is the jokester. So we that was really fun as we thought a lot about what. Val would say because she would make a lot of jokes. Um, so her, so she was fun to write for. Didn't do alts then? You didn't say we how about we this we did we had we had we 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 did this thing I, that we that's not anything new but um, that we call a fun run um, where we we get the scene as scripted and then we just kind of 
fool around and loosen it up as at the end and people who have been dying to say their thing says it. Um, you know, we like to say longer and less funny is how we like to do it at the end. But, um, but no, we didn't do a ton of alts for, for jokes and we didn't let people, we didn't kind of shoot um, single coverage and just kind of like see how many jokes you could come up with. We yeah. were all a little tired of doing that, I think. We've done it in a lot of other films. Well, I think it's it's hard on that. Having directed you, I know in the other room, people say, well, Amy will just make up something funny. And yeah. I'm always like, well, it's not really fair to make the actor write the scene as well. as." Well, them. it used to be, I used to love that. When I was coming up to improvise meant I would do a good job and it meant I could, people could find out maybe I could do other things and I felt control and I loved it. And now that I'm older and much more tired, <laughs> The, you know, it is kind of what used to be the best thing, which is you can do whatever you want, is now like, okay, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, because not only does it take a lot of energy, but it does, it is, I'm just so drawn now to people who have an idea of what, what they want um, in all aspects of life. So, yeah, I had, I had a friend pitch me an idea for a film, and the things he listed would have been the things that 10, 15, 20 years ago would have been jumped at the chance. And yeah. at this one, I was like, oh, he was like, all improvised. Four months in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Because <laughs> 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 all you're hearing is, you know, I have to write the Complete control. Yeah. You can have all your friends. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> this sounds terrible. So this one, though, like, as, you know, directing, you chose this movie for your first feature. And yeah. it's, you know, how did you come upon just thinking of the scouting, the prepping? How much prep did you have? You had to pick a house that a lot of the movie took place in. What were you thinking about when you picked this house? Why? I made a mistake in, in that I didn't, I underestimated how noisy, we shot it in L.A. And I underestimated how noisy it was here. Um, there's so many planes. That was, yeah. that was, uh, our, that owners of that house were so wonderful and we really took it over and um where was it it was in great question i <laughs> uh it was it was in um studio city basically okay. yeah and uh we had to kind of change their landscaping a little bit because it was a little too la rather than yes. northern california and the light in los angeles is really bright yeah and that is i i remember from shooting in parks and rec the, you know, it was so hard to make it look like Indiana sometimes because mm. there's just no, nothing like the light here, except for today. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, sound was an issue that if I was to do over again, I would think more uh, uh, intently or seriously on because it, it was, it was sometimes, it sometimes screwed up our momentum. And then, but then we, we spent a couple weeks in one country oh, and okay. in Northern California and Calistoga and... Mm -hmm. Um, Napa in the Napa Valley region. Can I ask you a nerdy question about the sound? Yeah. So when you have people singing, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of singing in the movie, did you pre-record? Did you sing live? How did you deal with that? S sang everything live. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maya sang everything live in that scene, um, and uh, we, yeah, we, and we really made it up on the spot. A lot of that stuff. Uh, we break into song a lot yes. <laughs> um, in real life. So we thought that they were constantly going to be singing. And there's a moment where the great Cherry Jones, you know, in a very grouchy way, asks us, like, what are you, a singing group? 
Um, and that happened in real life. We had our, <laughs> our tarot card reader was um, uh, a real person <laughs> who gave us really bad readings and then asked us if we were a singing group. <laughs> <laughs> she was so irritated with us. I wish I could show you. I have an actual picture of us listening to the tarot card reader. And if you pan across, everybody is just in character. And, and Paul is just leaning forward very intently, even though she's getting bad news. And I'm just like sitting there like this, like so pissed off. And Paula and I in real life got into an argument because she ended up tipping her a lot. I was like, why are you tipping her? She was like, I can do whatever I want with my money. <laughs> so, you know, everything is copy. And Emily really held her own amongst yeah. a lot of that, because she's a non-actor, right? She's a writer. Right, Emily so Spivey. Yeah, well, she did, yes, the great Emily Spivey. She, uh, she, she, you know, the film was a hall of mirrors, so a few weeks before <laughs> we shot, she called me, and she wrote the, the script, and she called me and said, like, I don't think I can play. Um, uh, Jenny, I just think it's, it's I don't, I'm not going to be good enough you know, I haven't been on screen in a while. Even though she's a very good performer, yeah. and I and I just kind of said okay, and I just just ignored her. <laughs> I just said okay. Just kept right. sending I, her I, call I said, times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get on that. Yes, we'll take a look at that. Mm -hmm. And then I just ignored her calls until. <laughs> no. um, but just like in the film, she was so. But she was so much fun to work with because um, she she was just kind of a three point shooter. She just waited for her moment and she wrote the character and she wrote it for herself so oh. she she was I, I think she's a really great um find in this film yeah yeah it's also fun because you you feel like you know everyone and then you see this whole other side of them and there's the extra pleasure of knowing you're all friends in real life and feeling like we have a little window into this fun friendship but what was were there any challenges in directing your friends and also directing yourself yeah, I don't love directing myself, uh, to be honest, uh, because I want so badly to not be, I want every time I'm, I, especially in this first experience, I wanted to be behind the camera much more than I wanted to be in front of it. Yeah. So every time I was in front of it, I was wanted to be back there. Yeah. Um, uh, would you watch a take back, or how would you? Rarely. I, I had my producer Morgan Sackett, who was who's an amazing producer, and we worked together in Parks and Rec. And he's I really trust him in terms of of uh, evaluating performance. And and occasionally I would. I don't really love watching playback as an actor, as a director. Yeah. I love it, but um, but I uh, yeah, the back and forth wasn't my favorite. I know some people really like it, and or I don't know, they tolerate it, but. I wanted to just be in my own clothes behind the camera. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as directing my friends, you know, it, they happen to be so funny and so talented that it was really quite easy. The only thing is that we're all so used to collaborating in real time that it really was about time management. It was like making sure that we, we made the day and that we, mm -hmm. that we didn't, um, we didn't spend, that we could move on. Really, so it was kind of, it was kind of what Abby does in the movie, <laughs> just gently, without people knowing, pushing them into a room, yeah. and then having them sit down, and they don't even—they're like, "How do we get here?" And then I just go, "Action!" <laughs> yeah. And what about um, playing drunk? That's always such a big, challenging thing, and everyone sort of did it 
I mean, Maya yeah. is always so We had a chart. Have. We had a chart of, you know, how many drinks everybody had and yeah. had, had 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 in each okay. scene. That was really helpful because I would go up to someone and say, just a reminder, like, you've only had one drink at this point. Yeah. Um, or, you know, just a gentle whisper of, like, you're, f- you're five glasses in now. <laughs> um, because but. that's a real challenge when you watch movies like this and certain actors will want to just play as drunk as possible all the time yeah. and then to really pull it back so that when you piece it all together, it's not like, oh my God, somebody's drunk the entire time. No, I know. We also really, we also as a group really love playing hungover. I think that I love people that are hungover. <laughs> that hangover scene was much longer. We cut it way down because it was too slow. <laughs> I mean, we loved it, but we were like, oh yeah, this is so slow. But we went back to the coffee machine like five times in the first cut and couldn't work it. And, um, but yeah, I think, you know, yeah, there's, it takes a certain kind of um, skill to play drunk well. Um, it's true. You have to really... <laughs> don't you think? I mean, there's the, the classic amazing versions. Like, you know, there's like With Nail and I, which is like the professional drunk. But um, comedically, sometimes if it goes, if someone just puts a hat on a hat, it just, it all falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you, you say to actors who are playing drunk? Do you... I think the best advice I got was to when to play like you're trying to pretend you're not drunk. Yeah. And then the more you try to be sober, the more drunk you seem mm-hmm. because the ones who sort of just take on the act of uh, acting drunk, it feels like a performance, but once they start really trying to focus <laughs> and trying to talk to you but with the information that they're drunk, mm-hmm. it ends up looking more drunk. Yeah. But and some people are really happy, some people get really chatty, right. some people get very angry. Yeah. I really like people that get really um, sarcastic, you know, <laughs> very, uh, who think everything is stupid. Um, I, my joke uh, was like, if you really want to play drunk, your character should just leave. Because <laughs> that's really what happens. Where did she go? She left. <laughs> you don't stay. Did anything strike too close to home for them? Like, was there um, anything where you no, were No, you know, we, we, in this, um, our first iteration of the script, we shared with everyone. Uh, again, very unorthodox, but uh, because we wanted not only to get everybody's feedback about, uh, are you ready for some feedback? Um, <laughs> everybody's feedback about their character and if we could, you know, find ways to make it funnier. But also, we were treading some tricky waters, even yeah. though there's nothing necessarily autobiographical. Everybody's playing some kind of version of some version of themselves on some kind of trip. And so there really wasn't anything that anybody um, flagged or uh, I think they felt like they were in good hands with Liz and Emily. And you. you yeah. You can't they say knew that, that I wouldn't. It sounds braggy, but yeah. it is like a big testament to you that you created the space where everybody felt so safe putting themselves out there. That's nice. I hope so. I, I think uh, one of the scenes I really love in the film that I think is quite nice, but I find the reactions to it very interesting, is when Paula Pell's character vows at the art museum, and she's kind of attempting to open herself up to this young woman played by um, the great Maya Erskine. And uh, it's a strange scene because sometimes it gets some laughs, even though I think it's very tender and vulnerable. And it was it was an interesting scene to shoot because 
Paula herself wanted very badly to joke during that scene. And to cut the tension, and I mean, she could, she can joke, she can make anything extremely funny. So I kept making her not do it. And the tension of her not joking was really bothering her. And it was great because it was making her uncomfortable. Um, And it was causing, and Maya, I said to Maya, like, whatever you do, you know, you have to just really um, be very confusing Mm. in how you're operating. You have to really be charming and seductive and then kind of cold and hot and just feel free to feel free to come and go emotionally with her as much as you want. Mm. And so I think it w- Paula didn't get uh, any uh, relief or release in being funny in that scene. Uh, and I know that sounds strange, but for people that are used to doing comedies and stuff, if you don't mm. get a laugh or something, you just don't know if you did a good job. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of waiting in this void. And... Um, so I thought that that's what made the scene kind of interesting because of that. What about the eternal pause before answering the question? <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah. What was the thinking and how did you decide? That was, in the, uh, that was in the script. When we were writing the script, I, d- I did pitch to Emily and Liz. I said, can she wait a, a crazy amount of time? <laughs> and then I said, how wonderful at a certain age you get, you earn the right to think in real time about whether or not you're going to sleep with someone. And if they're man enough, they can, they can handle the pause. So, um, you know, I don't think it was the first time that a character like Devin had to wait. (laughs) But he was fine waiting. I love Jason in that scene. Just I know, I totally love he leans against the door and kind of takes us. We tried to not to, but we did. We tried to do like a reverse ode to Mrs. Robinson. So he's <laughs> in the in uh, in um, uh, the scene when he's leaning against the door. Uh, we we shot it. We tried like a version of his arm, kind of being like Anne Bancroft's leg. Because yeah. um, <laughs> I thought that would be a funny. Um, but he, yeah, he just stood at the door forever and <laughs> shifted his body weight just enough to um, get that yes at the end. <laughs> Every woman should take that long. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And we just, we, it was really fun on set because we just counted out. <laughs> 30 seconds every time. <laughs> 3 seconds of anything is a long time. Yes. What what about so that just also a sidebar what happened to the Fran Desher painting? Do you have it? <laughs> <laughs> Who kept I don't it? have it. We we do I have I have um what do I have from that film? No, I have I took no Fran Drescher with me. <laughs> Um, but we did have some really fun, you know, any art, any comedy scene about art is, you know, I know it's low hanging fruit, but it's really fun and it's really (laughs) fun to have because everything is art, right? And then it isn't. So it's like, you know, we had tin foil giant teddy bears and it was like, well, this is cool (laughs) slash ridiculous, you know? Um, and then, you know, Jeff Koons sells his sculpture for, you know, and it's like, well, this is art. It's gorgeous. And it's was like, if you had a giant metal bunny thing in this scene, that you'd also be like, ugh, ridiculous. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I like that how close they live. But um, yeah, our, Keith Cunningham, our production designer, did a mace job. That was a lot of fun for him, is making all that art. 
That, I was, you know, there is, there's always that scene in a movie where um, nobody or the audience might not know how much work or what went into it that you, when you watch it as a director, you're like, I'm really proud that that actually yeah. all happened and came together because <laughs> it was this close to not happening. But which is the, what are the scenes in this that you're just, that look easy Nisha, to ask? Nisha, you're such but a inside. good asker. I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, let me think about that. That's a great question. Um, um, well, I think I mean, the art show is a good example. Of the it art too. show is a good example. There, were, we shot three days in that gallery, and we cut almost everything yeah. out of it. Yeah. So, because <laughs> um, we had scenes where the other all the women were looking at the art and interacting with it, we had like young people talking about the art to the you know we had a joke where you know. Maya's character and uh, Paula were like looking at a, a dollar bill on the floor and just being like, whoa, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's about commerce, I get, no, it's about the economy, you know, it's about, and a guy just comes and picks up the dollar and puts it <laughs> <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Um, yeah, we shot a lot of, yeah, so that was a really fun scene. Also, what was fun about that is, you know, we had been, we were around, it was like, oh, look at all these young people. You know, we had all right. these young extras who were told to dress in power neutrals and <laughs> all these like beautiful, you know, fresh-faced, fluid people who um, are the future and uh, as they should be. And so that was fun to be around them. So that was a great couple of Did days. You, you had another scene that you were thinking about. I was just, when I watched the art scene, I was thinking, Oh my God, the director had to create all of the, like answer the questions about what is the art? Who is the art about? What, <laughs> yeah. what do the installations look like? Where do we, yeah. you know, what kind of coffee cups do you want big coffee cups? It's just so many There was one little moment that I enjoy just because uh, it happened in real time and we were on that hill doing all those stunts yes. uh, for a couple of days and. Um, oh my God, you were doing those stunts for days? We, we yeah, we shot on that hill for four days oh my God. and <laughs> and you know those were a lot of steps those are a lot of steps that was a, that was like you know you go home you'd be like seventeen thousand steps <laughs> um and we had five ama uh, six amazing stunt women who don't get a chance to really work with each other a lot and what was really funny is when they were done with the hill they stayed for the weekend and they had a wine oh. country weekend <laughs> <laughs> And it was well earned because they rolled down the hill many times. Um, but there's a scene where Anna's character gives a very long speech up on the top of the hill about how she's feeling about her life. And we were just improvising down at the bottom of the hill because we were down there when we were shooting. And we were going, we can't hear you because we couldn't hear her. Um, and so we were just going, we can't. And we just, the bit became, I'm, we're so sorry, we can't hear you, when she was having her big speech, and when in the editing, we just um, cut almost all of Anna's speech. Oh my God. Um, which, you know, she took, took well. <laughs> because it was so much funnier to us, for her to start, you know, right? Because you, to, like, to, for us to fill in her speech, and for us to be like, you know, it's like shouting into the wind. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I like how you subverted all the normal, like we're waiting for you to take drugs and you never take yeah, drugs. Yeah, I like that too. That was a big, you know, in the beginning, everyone, when we did some focus groups, everyone was like, I, I, the only thing I was wondering is why <laughs> they didn't take the molly. I was like, I because we, we, we know what the next day would have been like. 
that's the gift of being in your mid forties. <laughs> and also, yeah, I, I, I wasn't in the mood to do another drug trip yeah. moment. There've been so many and so done so well. And half of them have been done by the women in the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so I thought, Oh, wouldn't it be fun to just to, um, you know, f- fuck the loaded gun premise yeah. and act one and, and never, never well, take the drugs because then Anna's speech where I was like oh here comes the big heartfelt epiphany and you just cut right I love I it. love cutting I love I, I love editing I love that process very much I love taking stuff away I'm yeah. I think that I'm used to it a lot at SNL we would mm-hmm. have to cut stuff constantly including our whole scene <laughs> um and if not getting precious about that. I, I love that idea of something starting to work and you're like, what if we took it all out? I love that moment. Um, yes. Because it, I don't know, it's very freeing because if you get too in love with something, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you get, yes. you start falling in love with your stuff or your joke or you're just thinking it's so great and it just never quite gets back to the place you thought it would be. So oh. yeah, I, I enjoy uh I don't, I don't enjoy, I don't, I mean, everything is different, but like a three hour comedy is tough. (laughs) I think it is. I don't know. Yes. No? Am I wrong? (laughs) Have you seen a good one lately? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When when you're, do you have the secret to making those fun runs and improv? Because sometimes I find on set we'll be like, oh my God, this is so funny and we're doing this take and another one. And then you get in that editing room and you almost always go back to what was scripted and yeah. use that. Yeah, I think there's a fine line between feeling like, you, the, I know as an actor, there's a fine line between feeling like you have freedom to try something and then thinking like, okay, we've got it, like we wanna move on. You yeah. know, I always, I always liked it when a director knew that they had it. But the women that are in this film are so experienced, frankly, in comedy that they know too. Yeah. So they weren't certainly, they would try stuff if they wanted to, but they also kind of felt, you know, it was interesting. It's just a bunch of people who, who weren't, uh, didn't have a lot to prove. Yeah. And that can be really nice. And, and sometimes when you're shooting a comedy, you know, people really want to score. Yeah. And um, that can be great. And then also it can be really exhausting. Yeah. And it's like kind of like a puppy. Like sometimes I'm, I'm sure you do this too, where you're like, let's improvise. And you know, you don't even need it. You just need the puppy to run around so that they can feel like they exercise. And then other times they do, you know, someone does something that's super interesting and you think, oh, okay, hold on. Let's go back. And, you know, um, but yeah, I don't know. Right now I'm in a phase where I'm not as interested in seeing how improvisational things are on, on screen mm-hmm. because I think I've, we've just gone through a phase where we've seen so much of that. Yes. That now I see it. Now it takes me out yeah. of the film because I can see them having stood there for a while to get to their joke. Right. And um, yeah, I, like, I, I wanted to kind of take the pressure off that um, and see how it felt if it felt any more real or grounded because jokes as we say in real life sometimes score they sometimes don't so like oh. just as evidenced by this talk today <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about the music a tiny bit I sure know you only the have music one. was done by Wendy and Lisa from Prince and the uh, Revolution 
Um, and your choice of songs, I mean, I know you were yeah. a great dancer of hip hop and a lover of hip hop. And just that, you know, it was so joyful to watch. But I have, I felt this pain of, oh, Amy had to narrow down her choices to only oh, like 10 songs. Or I something. know. Well, you? the pretenders are expensive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as they should be. As they should be. Um, yeah, we had a bunch of different options in there. And we kind of wanted to keep it very... Uh, uh, not too, uh, for lack of a better word, like not too cool, if that makes any sense. You know, we wanted, um, but I wanted it, uh, uh, we, Wendy and Lisa nicely, uh, incredibly let us re-record that Prince song at the end. We all got to go in and sing that, which was really wow. fun. Um, and, um, yeah, and we, because we speak about him in the hot tub, um, may he rest in peace. But we... It was a really fun thinking about what stuff we would listen to, and there was just some real gems in there that, you know, there's, I mean, we, the Xanadu soundtrack alone is such that a good amazing. one. Put that on, on on your drive home. It's really good. <laughs> um, but we had, to, yeah, we did have some other music that we lost, that we cut, and and then when you know this, when you're editing and you're editing a scene and you're moving music around I won't I won't name any names but you then you really realize how bad a song is yes so you're like this song sucks <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're like man this is a bad song it's interesting because sometimes the songs that are terrible in real life are perfect for the movie because they're repetitive and totally so we wanted very nostalgic like yeah. pops of stuff and <laughs> Wendy and Lisa when we were doing the you know the score we really wanted you know things to feel um, it's uh, comedies are very tough to score because yeah. they again they you can just err on the side of real goofy mm -hmm. or you can take and flatten everything out with the music. You know. How did you? What's your? What's the trick to scoring a comedy? I don't know yet. <laughs> I, really, I'm still yeah. learning because I think that they are, they were amazing at figuring out um, how to balance that. But we we. We worked together a lot to try to figure that out. It was one of the harder things in, in because there's these big, broad scenes and then these very small scenes mm -hmm. and how do you go in and out of those. And, and also, I don't love wall-to-wall -wall music yeah. um, because I, I don't know, I got a little used to not depending on that in my TV experience. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it, was, it was kind of a struggle. Sometimes I know, yeah, I don't know. You know, to be continued. What do you think? I mean, God, it is, it is that tricky thing where I always just go for um, scoring the emotional arc and leave the comedy alone. Mm -hmm. Like, I just sort of go for, let's just hit all of the, you know, romantic beats or yeah. the emotional beats and then kind of let the comedy, unless it's falling very flat, and then I'll ask the composer to help land the joke or something. But it's yeah. tricky because once you get into doing that, then you feel it when you take it away, and then sometimes it's better just cut out the joke that didn't land, yeah, and not use <laughs> anything right. to try to make it work. I know I, I would have these night. I was I would listen to the score uh, without any sound to see if it sounded like a funny movie, which is what I was trying to avoid. Yeah, right. Like you know when a movie's on at night and you can tell it's a comedy. Yes, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, and you can hear it. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just <laughs> that was. Um, and so I was like, it, does it sound funny? Like, and when I would hear something, that, oh, maybe that sounds too funny. I don't know. Mm. But it's, I think it's 
I mean, I think that's why comedy is very complicated because unlike drama, it really asks you to take this ride in a way that, yeah. you know, most dramatic features don't also ask you to laugh very rarely. It's true. They just, they, they don't, the elevator doesn't go up as high. Mm-hmm. So you can stay in this space. Um, and then if you do, you know, it's like this explosion. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. how you put that, the elevator. And so I know we're out of time, okay. but um, can you leave us with the one scene that didn't make it in that we, oh, that you wish Oh, sure, had? wow. <laughs> you ask such good questions, Nisha. Um, <laughs> one scene that didn't make it in. Um, well, I did talk about the art scene. There was a couple of art scene things, and um, there was a scene where uh, I'm in the, a grocery store and Brad Pitt comes in and he's like, hey, um, what are you doing later? And I'm like, I, I have to buy these groceries. I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> and it just didn't work because, <laughs> you know, we, why would he be in, why would, he was playing himself. Why would he be in Napa? Why would he ask me? It's, it was like, it wasn't working. So you we cut, cut yeah, we cut movie. that. <laughs> he actually, to be fair, he didn't know he was being filmed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good for everybody that we asked him. <laughs> that just opened up a hundred more questions, but we have to leave it all to the mystery. That didn't really happen. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of stuff that we lost. I don't know. I, you know, let's leave it at that. That's better than anything I could. That's better than anything I could have. Honestly, many, many, many more movies from you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you guys very character. much for coming out on, on, on such a day. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear your feedback and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.